We at Time to Rebuild would like to acknowledge that this podcast is produced on the traditional lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation and pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging. At the YMCA Rebuild, we're in the business of reducing recidivism in Victoria and in no way do we condone criminal activity discussed in these episodes. We support victims of crime and are committed to creating a safer community. This episode has been approved by Corrections Victoria and the GEO Group Australia. Please centre your eyes. Thank you. You have been identified. Basis, external one. Can I please have this outer roller door open? Thanks. When you're ready, over. It all begins here. Yep. Forward. <laughs> Back. So it doesn't begin quite yet. No. You got to pull it the door all the right here. way. It all begins here. He set an alarm off already. can be um, challenging though, Mark, in saying all that. But at the same time, it's an eye-opener. It's understanding human behaviour and just characters and way people are and how they, you know, think and deal with situations. When I came to prison, I was charged with a serious crime. Um, I was vulnerable once upon a time. Someone came and spoke to me and comforted me. And that impact... That impression that guy put on me, for hopefully when I get on my feet and my problems dealt with, I hope I can help others, and I've taken that approach. You ask me the questions and I'll talk. I think you've been yelled at a few times, mate. That's a really good point that you make because we're, this is what this podcast is about—is giving out little sight. You're, you're gonna you're gonna do things that are compromised, maybe the values, the morals that you were brought up with, or maybe they fall right in line with the values and morals that I was brought up having. Um, my focus is just focusing on what I'm gonna do when I get out, and all the stuff that you mightn't have thought of that mm. goes on in the prison. Yeah, like how many alarms get set off when you walk in with me, Cronin. Mick Cronin. Mac Wilson. Oh, it's good to be back. It is good to be back. Okay. And look, let's get straight into it. Today, we are very excited about this one. Uh, we're looking at themes, and today's theme is peers in prison. So you can think about all of the challenges it will be for going to a prison. If it's your first time, if you're you know, someone that's kind of introverted, um, you might have lots of different issues going on for you as well. And you just need someone that you can go to that can help you to make your time in there a little bit easier. And you know what, if, if anyone ever found themselves uh, going to prison, these are the people that you want to suss out uh, and speak to on your, on your first day because they're going to make things a hell of a lot easier for you. Absolutely. They do a really important job and we are so lucky to get to, get to hear from three peers and uh, get their insights on what it is to do that role. Absolutely. So first up, we have Steve and Dave that are going to be telling us about their experiences. 
Welcome to the show. G'day. Thanks for having us. Just a bit of um, background for people listening. What is a prisoner peer? Um, I think it's has a number of different meanings to different people, but for me, it's it's an opportunity to potentially help other prisoners or other men, I should say, um, get through their time um, while incarcerated. I think it's not an easy process for for men to come into prison and and sort of feel like they're um, accepted, for lack of a better word, I guess, and, and the peer program or the peers as such are there as a sort of uh, bridge between staff and other prisoners. Um, so for me, I, I like to really not necessarily um, get involved in other people's business, but it sort of means to me that I can point people in the right direction with have, having experience within prison, help guys out if they need to be referred on to mental health services, help guys out if they are struggling with anything within the yard or the community environment. And I think it gives me a little bit of pleasure as well, makes my time a little bit easier, um, knowing that um, you can sort of guide or help people through a difficult process. Mm. I think I think you hit the nail on the head really well there when you said giving people direction. Yep. Because I know in the programs, re, the programs we run... You know, we're not telling people how to live their lives. You know, that's not our job. And I think what you guys are doing is you're giving direction and then they have the power to then move forward wherever they want to go. Yeah, it's not... It's the sort of place that unless you've had or done multiple sentences, it's not the sort of place that you walk in and automatically know what to do. Um, So... Being able to spot or speak to a peer who is just exactly the same as whoever's sitting next to you. At the end of the day, we're all men in prison. Very clear distinction between the staff and the men. It it makes things somewhat easier. Um, My experience has been a bit different. I'm first-timer, so, like, you know, it's basically a first-timer helping first-timers. Coming into prison, I... My my perception of prison was I could die in this place. You know, coming into holding cells and stuff like that, they're quite cold and, you know, dirty. So eventually finding myself here, yeah, I was pleasantly surprised that it wasn't what I thought it would be. Like, I was helped by a peer. I was going to ask that. Like, yeah. did you Did you have someone that guided you or just you know was there for you to ask them questions or kind of could see that you needed a little bit of a support yeah i came into this prison into like a a a managed unit so it's uh more of a mission-based unit um and comparing to the other yards where we only have 25 blokes in our unit and so straight off the bat it was this like interpersonal thing like G'day, mate. I'm so-and-so. How are you doing? And, like, greeted with a smile by the peer, peer, uh, peer listener at the time. And, yeah, I was taken away. I was thought, is this a joke? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. like, are they... Are they is like, it a test? Yeah, is this a test? Or, like, am I going to get lured into a room and, you know, mm-hmm. get beaten up or something? So I was very 
very cautious, but like that didn't last very long. Straight away, I was like, oh, this is a really good, healthy environment, especially for a first time like myself. And I was just blown away by how professional the pier was and um, just how good the vibe was from all the other men in that unit. Uh, I had done a couple of months prior at a different prison that was more like most prisons. So, you know, I was I was uh, scared. This basically didn't know where what to do. I didn't speak, I didn't do anything, I didn't move. I just tried to stay out of trouble. Yeah. So no confidence, just thinking how am I going to get through this? But then going into this unit, it was, it, that all changed. It was like, okay, I, I, you know, I can, I guess, do something worthwhile in this space. Um, and again, it still took me time to kind of come out of my shell in that unit. And that's an interesting thing, isn't it? Because um, what you're speaking about there is like different experiences. Like, so you've come in first time, you know, you're into a prison, you've got this mindset that a lot of people have and a lot of our listeners might have as well about what is in prison, what you're going to expect. Am I going to get assaulted? Am I going to be able to? And, and then there's the other side of it, which is really interesting that you speak about that we hear a bit is, we ask a lot of them questions like, what do you do when you go in in your first day? If you've never been to prison, like, what is that first day? Like, what is that first connect, um, conversation with someone, like another prisoner? What is the first time you have to sit down and have meals? All that as well. So I'm interested um, as well for you, Steve, as well. What was it like? Because how long have you been in prison? Um, basically, just really quickly. And was any of this going on when you first entered into prison or was it something that you just seen progressing or is this like, you know, Ravenhall is the one that's kind of really, you've seen it more like, you know, flourish? So you mean you mean to say, has the peer program been established or been going on since I've come in? Is that... Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, ha- have, you, how, have you experienced that in, your, in, in previous um, times? First, firstly, I'll say that prison, um, it's, it's a brutal environment. It's... I mean, there's no point shying away from that. It's it's not easy, no matter how old you are, no matter what um, unit or community you're thrown into, whether it's a managed unit, whether it's a general uh, mainstream unit. I can't speak on behalf of other um, protective custody units or mental health units. But from the moment when you come in, it's... Um, Unfortunately, it is a you sort of you're in survival mode. I mean, it's that's the way I looked at it. Um, first time for me, a long um, I was actually uh, remanded, and I've worked in corp- a corporate environment for a decade before being incarcerated, and I didn't even know what the word remand meant. So when I was in the um, holding bay at the county court and they said you will be remanded i was putting my hand in my pocket to um you know look around for my phone and and cigarettes so i could uh walk out and go for a smoke outside not knowing that i was going to be cuffed and and sent down to the cells holding cells out under the county court um when i arrived um at ravenhall it probably took maybe at least two or three or four months before I was aware of this peer 
this peer program in a sense. I don't necessarily think it's a program. I think it's more of like there's guys in the yard that are referred to as peers. And over time, I found that we found out a little bit more about these yeah. mysterious peers. Who are they? What do they do? Um, when I was in, when I moved from um, a remand yard to a sentence yard, that's when it became a little bit more aware about what, what the peer program was. And there was guys that would be involved as peer listeners who you found out were happy, happily listened to you, any problems that you may have. Um, the staff might have said, you might go and ask a staff a question, oh, how do I do, how do I enrol in a, a program for my mental health, how do I enrol in um, a course for Kangan education, let's say speak to the peer educator and that person would give you some advice on how to use the system or what would be involved in being in, in a program or an education program. So it took a little while for me to to sort of engage with, with the peers and figure out what it was. Um, and it's, yeah, it's, I'm not sure if it's something that anyone can really walk walk into, in a sense, when you come into prison and and feel like you know what to do or, or how to approach someone like that. I still maintain that when I came in, I thought it was quite quite brutal and you don't really know who to speak to. Um, you know, like you asked or you said about, you know, about your meals or um, how do you line up for a meal? Do you, like, what do you say? I remember my, remember my first day at the map and I said to the guy who was dishing out my food, thanks boss, and he nearly slapped me across the face because he was just another man in prison. Oh, right. But um, at the map, you are not in prison greens. You're still remanded in a sense. We'll call it uh, innocent until proven guilty. Um, so yeah, it's mm. strange experience. Um, I'm interested as well. Um, if I'm either of you to, to jump in on this one, I'm, I'm interested in as well, like because when you come to, you know, when you're in prison, like you, you, you know, a lot of people say I'm, I'm, I'm working on myself and I'm, 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 you know, keeping to myself and I'm, I'm doing this as well. Like as a peer, does it ever weigh in you a little bit? Like because you know, you, and I, you made a really good point there. I don't get involved in a, in people's business. But it must, be, um, it must be hard sometimes when you can see someone who's really struggling not to have that, you know, you know always feeling that you've got, like, I'm, you know, I'm there for you or I'm here to listen to this person or I'm here to do that as well. And then on the other side of it, you've got your own stuff going on. So from day to day, which I imagine can, can, can go up and down sometimes depending on, you know, what's going on for you at that point. Is it easy sometimes or is it hard? Like, how do you, because I think it's a very generous thing you do. Is where I'm yeah. going to go. It's a very generous thing that you do. You lend your time and you and you help other people, which is so needed as well. How do you balance that? Sometimes, is it you know? Does it ever conflict a little bit? I'm happy to jump in, but oh, I'll start. Um, it. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Simply, mm. um, I like to help people. I, I get like enjoyment out of helping people. It, I use it as a distraction. It can also be a bad thing. Uh, I can help people too much. Um, not in not bad for them but bad for me as in I forget my own needs uh, I'm very mindful that like you can get burnt out from that uh, in, again in my unit it's quite unique being only 25 blokes uh, the relationships are quite personal they're not like just the guy that's in that cell over there who needs help it's like oh that's the guy I've spent the last four months sitting at the dinner table with talking about everything and anything so 
yeah, it gets really exhausting because you get so involved in their lives. Um, they become, they do become your friends. And I, someone told me, oh, look, there's no friends in jail. But when you spend every day with these people, they, they're your mates. Like, you know, you know a lot about them. You know, they, they, you sit down and they cry with you. They laugh with you. Um, so, yeah, it gets really exhausting because you forget about yourself. Like, I've forgotten about myself. And, and there'll be, like, weeks have gone by before I've even made a phone call to my own family. And, and I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> but at the same time, it's kind of good because I'll be like, oh, a few weeks have gone by. And that, that just flew by. I was so busy just, do, like, being in the moment with these guys and just, you know, being happy to help. I, I, that's it. I've always been that way. I, I really enjoy it. Um, so it's just, you, yeah, I've got to keep that balance. I've got to be careful. Uh, it can get um, dangerous. It can also get dangerous in, in other ways in the sense of um, getting involved in something that you shouldn't be. You know, uh, I've made my mistakes at the beginning. I've been a peer listener for uh, 12 months now. Um, so I've had my ups and downs. At the beginning it was... I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> um, and... Yeah, and, and now that 12 months later, I feel like I've just kind of got the hang of it. And, um, like, one of the things is less is more, yeah, in a weird way, um, to take a, a, a step back and, you know, the, you reach out to people that you kind of identify that need help, but you don't throw yourself onto them and go, hey, I'm going to help you, you're in trouble. It's more like, hey, if you need something, I'm here. Um, but, yeah, it's just... I'm learning that. It's communication skills. It's as simple as like not what I'm saying, but how I'm saying it as well. I uh, got to be careful with um, with things like that. Uh, and and yeah. So for me, I don't know what it's like with other peers. I, I do my peer work alone, so like I'm the only peer in the unit, and I don't know what it's like for the other guys and if that's a similar similar experience. Yeah, it's um, just touch touching a bit on on what you said. It's. I don't think you walk into prison and become a peer and know exactly what that means or what to do. It's, yeah. it's not like um, you're given this manual on the bus <laughs> yeah. um, when you're being dropped off um, at any prison that says when you walk in, this is how you manage or this is how you can have certain dialogue with other men. Like you're sort of, you're in, a, you're in this weird headspace. It's... You're trying to sort of make sure you've got your yourself right. And I think that's, you develop, like you said, you've been doing it for 12 months. You start to develop a little bit of a personality as a peer after a period of time. Um, because there's all these sort of hidden myths or um, things, you know, do not do this in prison or do not do that. There's... Uh, you know, the classic one that you'll get day one is, you know, don't get involved in any politics. It's like, okay, and then you become a peer and the first guy that comes up to talk to you says, look, I've got a problem with the guy who wants to smash my head in because I owe money for X, Y, Z. And it's sort of like, well, I think if I'm reading this right, that will be getting involved in politics. So you've got this conflict... I'm not saying that happens every day, but there's always going to be conflict within prison yards, regardless of what it's for. Um, but you, you have to somehow determine what is 
things what are things that you should be involved in and what are things that you shouldn't be involved in and i think that like you said after time you realize the best way to be a peer is to just lead by example i think you have to be a certain person so you have to be into not that you have to be but what i do is i train i'm well into my mindfulness i do a bit of yoga i do things like you know meditating um and i try not to verbally encourage people but just from the way i behave i mm. think that's a really important i've um, learned i've learned that as well like just being yeah. a role model um that's right. you know yeah lead by example explains it well and that can be frowned upon in prison it's it's not it's not the sort of environment that um other other men sort of will come and give, you know shake your hand for or give you a pat on the back it's not it's not that sort of environment where people are going to be well done man you look like you're um you look healthy or um you look like things are going well that could be potentially frowned upon that maybe you're doing a little bit too well that's the way i felt anyway. yeah i guess it, it, I, i've had both like good and negative things so like i've had where people i'm a, I'm a target because i am doing well I'm yeah. a target because I am a peer listener, so that means that I don't know the perception I'm, maybe that yeah, you're the, like you got your shit together, like yeah. everything is really good, and yeah, look at you. Perception yeah. could potentially be that you know we do spend a bit of time in meetings, we spend time with staff, we spend time with other men, we're out of the yard, we have less restrictive environment. Yeah. I think is probably the right right sort of set of words there, yeah. and we could go to the to the library or we can go to a trans hub or we can come and do something like this where other men and some men might look at that and think well what the hell is going on here yeah um so it can sort of be in the crossfire sometimes and things can be misunderstood have you had them conversations have you ever had to have them conversations with people or it's been a little bit a little bit edgy for you at times or someone's kind of challenged you on it a little bit yeah look i'm in i'm in a, a larger yard compared to dave so how many people would be in your yard? I think uh, anywhere between 250 to 300. And you walk in it, you've got other peers in there as well? I'm the only peer on my side of the yard. So the yard's split up into two um, pods, which, have, which house the cells, which is our accommodation. One pod would have anywhere between, yeah, 120 to 150 men, and the other would have the same. So, and I'm the only peer on that side. But when I did come in, there was four peers in that small group and four on the other side. For some reason, it's just fallen away. I'm not sure if it's a COVID thing, but... Maybe you're so good at what you do. Well, <laughs> yeah, some would some credit, mate. That, yeah. is, uh, <laughs> that is the case, however. But I, I, yeah. I, I guess that's right. Like, it does make you... It highlights you. It's like, oh, you know, he's not even doing anything. Um, I've had... I've got guys in my unit that, that work in the laundry... And um, they complain that I don't do anything, but they have to go to work to work in the laundry. And oh, you, you get paid more than me for that. And it, it, the difference is like sixty cents. <laughs> yeah. And and so there's there's those like tensions there. It's like oh, you get paid more than me to do nothing. And it's like, and then I get half the other unit saying oh, don't listen to him. You do heaps. And it's you just got to pull yourself away from that and just not not you know like if you get poked, don't don't react. You know, and but it's it's still there. It's still people saying stuff like that. It's um, yeah, like oh, 
most overrated job in prison is a peer job or I've had guys in come up to me and be like, oh, I don't envy you for having that job. Yeah, because I'd see it that way. Like I know from, the, I would see the, the responsibility that kind of that puts on you. Like he, you know, it's like in any kind of, sorry, it's like in any kind of job that you do. Like I'd see that responsibility being heavy at times because you're taking on other people's um, issues and, and there's an expectation probably sometimes from other people that, you know, it, right or wrong that you can help them or you're going to be getting them out of a bad space. And, and that, that, that's difficult. And even in the line of work that we do, that's what we expect sometimes. You know, people will come to us and expect us to fix everything. And it's, it's not that easy. You know, you can support and you can guide and help or give options, but you can't always fix. I think, I think um, the problem with the, with the program, not, not necessarily a problem, but when you first sign up or apply for the job, um, the training is basically, it's about being a, a gateway four men between um, the yard and the community, staff and other services. And I think as peers, we can sometimes create that headache for ourselves. It's not meant to be something that the program is specifically there. It's not meant to be for us to be involved in other people's problems. And I think you can lose sight of that when you first start. The longer it goes, the more you start to. You don't withdraw from the role, but you try to be more of who you are, as again, as a role model for others. Because initially, what the staff who run the program would say is that don't get involved in other people's problems. But it's almost near impossible for someone who walks up to you and says, look, man, I can't read this form. I don't know how to write and everybody else is applying for something which is going to be of benefit for their sentence, can you please help me? Or more so, hey, man, do this for me. Like that's, and if you've got 5% of care for anybody, you're not going to say no to that. But the advice from staff is to not be involved in that space. The advice for staff is direct them to a staff member who helps with reading and writing, for example. On your in-cell, which is the gateway program for prisoners at Ravenhall, there is an application to fill out... um, How to fill out a form is a program. So going a little bit off track, but I mean, there's, there's things that you can't really say no to as a peer. And I think over time, you start to realise that you should be more of a more of a role model and more of someone who is giving people directional advice as opposed to taking on taking on their problems because at the end of the day you really have to be focused on where you're at and you can't like you said you can't take on you can't take on 300 other men's problems families mental health every day is a challenge like it's like it's it's difficult initially when you do do that your time in prison is, for me it was, stressful. Yeah. Absolutely agree. I had a very similar experience at the start where I was filling out forms for people. I was doing, like I would, you know, that you could make a health re- uh, a request to have a, an appointment with, say, the GP, and guys would be like, oh, I don't know how to word what's wrong with me. So I'd go, okay, I'll sit down, I'll type it for you, you know. And I was doing that for everyone, and I was like, wait a minute. It's not what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, but, like, again, like, I like to help people. I'm quite empathetic. So, like, I want to be able to 
achieve the best result possible for them. So automatically I'll grab the form and fill it out or I'll, um, you know, but I'll take a step back. That's where I was saying less is more. And you just, yeah, you have to just show them, go, okay, this is what I would have done. Or in, or this is what I do when I want to achieve whatever it might be, whether it be ordering a new pair of shoes or, or um, you know, canteen or something like that or putting a phone number on your phone so you can call a family member like, oh, this is how I do it and this is what this is how long it took me to have it approved uh, so expect you know about a week or two for it to be approved and and stuff like that rather than just doing it for them and then then them coming up to me and be like oh it's not approved yet why yeah so. it's like yeah Give a man a fish, you'll eat for a day. <laughs> yeah, Teach yeah. a man a fish, you'll eat for a lifetime. Yeah, that old saying. Yeah. Uh, it rings true still mm. to hear. Yeah, absolutely. Very much the case in, in prison. Mm. Like it's, it's from the training that we had, which was just a couple of maybe four or five hours around more sort of um, how to approach a situation. There was a lot of discussion around being where you fit into that passive-aggressive type model. And... Like, it's hard to sort of be assertive in in prisons. You just don't know what you're dealing with. There's no way to know. Like, there's you don't walk around with a business card that says, my name is Steve, I've got 15 years in the yard or I've been sentenced 15 years for this crime and you should not come anywhere near me. Like there's, or I'm a really easy to approach guy. Come and have a chat with me. It's just not like that. So, the peer program, or the peers, um, I think it's more like about trying to figure out. Again, I think I've said this. It's about where we're at, and that sort of hopefully resonates with other blokes in the yard, and they sort of see, hey, like, I think I want to go down that path, Um, and not necessarily. Um, fall into bad habits that can happen within the yard as well. I'd like, I'd like to add to that as well. Like, um, in my unit, you know, I do try to lead by example, be a good role model. And I do have guys come up to me and be like, oh, you know, I just want to change. I just, you know, I've, I've put my hand up to be in this unit to to make a difference, to stop the cycle of getting back on the drugs or, you know, whatever it may be for them. And, you know, when they come up to me, they're like, oh, you, you're doing really well. What, can, I need help or what can I do? Or, you know, I just want to talk to you about this. And oh, I know I show that I'm, I'm all this and I'm all that in front of the guys, but really deep down inside, I just want, to, I just want this to stop. So, like, a lot of guys open up to me in private and, and admit that, yeah, I'm putting on a, you know, a persona or I'm, you know, I just don't know how to snap out of it or and stuff like that. And I've had, I've had guys write me letters after they've left saying, oh, you know, really, you've been such a great role model. Thank you so much. Um, I'm going to change. I'm working really hard. I'm going to get a job. I've had guys that have been sent to maximum security prison and wrote me a letter and going, I should have listened to you. <laughs> um, I really need to pull my head in. I'm, I'm going to work really hard to get back to a B, B graded prison. And yeah, so like, I do think in, in some degree like I am seeing it work in a, in a good like it, the peer program needs work but it, I guess what I'm doing with that program is to some degree working in my unit I can't speak for the rest of the prison but yeah it's 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 a tough program like 
I'm not going to sit here <laughs> saying that it's easy, but there's so many men. We're, we're not part of staff. Like we're not part of mental health services, which is probably the biggest concern for anyone that, that does unfortunately end up in prison. We're not qualified to be of, of any assistance from a mental health perspective. Um, and there is so much more that if, if you're that way inclined, you do want to help guys with, but you also sort of have to have a, a balance for yourself. And that's, that's probably the hardest part. Yeah, I think it's that balance, isn't it? And, and there's obviously balance and there's boundaries as well. Like there's two, two keys to it as well. Did mm. you want to ask a question? Uh, I did, but no. It's I, can't. <laughs> I can't think um, of it now. It, it's, it's, um, it's so interesting. What you're talking about is such an amazing insight you're giving us. And I'm sure other people will be fascinated by it as well. I'm curious as well as when you decide, you know, you know what? I'm going to do this. Yeah. I haven't got enough of my plate at the moment. You know, I'm going to step up in this. I think I've got what it takes. And I think you made a really good point, Steve. I think just even hearing both of you speak, you can see it's in you. And it's like, I suppose you said you're in a corporate world. Like you, can, you can have managers and leadership. And I always think that you can teach management, but you can't normally sometimes teach leadership. It's something that's within a person and it can develop, but some people can do it and some people just aren't built to do it. And that's fine. Um, I'm interested in, in when was that moment, like, uh, you know, um, Dave, you spoke about, you know, you were in here for a little bit and you were, you know, getting help. And I'm just interested in both of you. When did you make that decision that, you know what, this is what I want to do. I want to go for this. And then what was the process? You've, you've kind of glanced over it a little bit. I'd like to know what the process was to get you into the into position. Um, yeah, it took me, I think at some point in time you have to deal with, deal with your situation. So regardless of how long you are sentenced for, at some point in time, it happened with me anyway, I can't speak on behalf of every person in prison, but at some point in time, you deal with the fact that you are going to be incarcerated and locked up for a period of time. I, I unfortunately um, had been sentenced to a long six-year uh, sentence. Um, it took me about six or so months before I realised, hey, I think I want to make some sort of contribution um, to my own well-being. And as a result of that, I think I want to help other guys along the way. And I really pursued the peer, the peer um, job for a year and a half and was told many times, no, we don't think you're suitable um, for the role. Did they give you reasons? Yeah, it's, it's not the sort of um, environment where you get told anything other than pretty straightforward black and white answers. There's yeah. no grey matter in prison, unfortunately. <laughs> they didn't, they didn't let like, you down gently, yeah, no? So, so if you, yeah, exactly right. It's, it's more like, no, you know, come again. Thank you, come again next time. Um, and it's not even that. It's more like, no, don't waste your time again. But I just kept pushing and pushing and pushing until they finally got sick of me. So I just felt like for me that was something... I don't know, like you said, if it's in you, it's one of those things that you, you just you just keep pursuing. And for me, I felt like even though you put a target on your back, I think you put a little bit of a target on your back by being that sort of guy that's easygoing, easy to, easy to approach. Unfortunately, that's that's who I am. 
being in prison is not going to change that. Maybe that first, the first few months, you're obviously a little bit withdrawn because you're in shock about being in prison. You're a bit scared. There's fear of certain things. There might be fear of people, a fear of mainly, mainly fear of time, I think. Maybe fear of what you've lost, the things that you've lost. But in, I think eventually you figure out who you are and, you, and if you are that way inclined then you're just that sort of person. You know what I mean? It's, it's hard to get away from who you are. Not that you want to get away from, I don't know, I don't want to get away well, from who I am, so. I think, sorry, um, I just want to, uh, with the whole like being who you are, it, it is very hard to pretend to be something else in prison. I think it's very obvious if you are pretending to be something you're not um, and, and people will, will see that and, and see that as a weakness that, oh you know that's not him like and 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 use that against you so you learn oh, i learned really quickly like you know just be yourself and and people used to always tell me like you know be yourself be yourself and i just didn't understand what that meant until coming to prison like oh okay i get it now you're just gonna and i still with i can't explain it but like i kind of understood it in prison i understood okay i just gotta be me and it's not me to walk around and and um you know, be resistive or I can't think of the right word, but, um, you know, resist authority. It's not me. Like, yes, I found myself in prison, but it's not my character. Like I normally am on the right side of the law most of my life. Um, so I just learned to own that. So it's not me to, to, to pretend I'm something I'm not or to put up a wall. I'm quite an open person. I'm quite a honest person. And rather than pretending to be something that everyone else was or I thought everyone else was, um, I decided to be like, no, nah, this is who I am. I own it and I'm proud of it. Like you can tease because I'm tease me because I'm different. You can do whatever you want, but um, I just won't allow that to bother me. And like that was hard to to kind of do that but I, I learned that that was the only way I was going to get through it because myself I found myself in a lengthy sentence of six years so I was like I've got to really you know figure out how I'm going to get through this and and that was one of the things was just own who you are um I'm a nice empathetic person I like to help people and yeah I don't have any intentions of getting myself in trouble whilst in prison I think that's where I draw the line <laughs> yeah <laughs> getting put in prison have you guys seen much change in yourself? This might be a really silly question, but have you seen much change in yourselves since starting your sentence? For me, um, definitely physically and mentally, uh, I feel I, I have probably have not been in this good a health for probably 20-something years, um, physically and mentally. Um, so I've definitely... That's, Direct answer to your question, yes, I, I think, yeah, I've noticed a difference in myself. Why um, is that? Like, what are the, not going into too much, what are the key things that you pick from that, or can you, like, that, 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 that you feel like? Because that would be really interesting for people to hear. Yeah. You know, you've got your life outside and then suddenly you're in prison and, and you're feeling yeah. that way. You, you have it's time for your mind and your body. As sad as, as sad as being in prison is, and it's, it's the restrictive, I think it's the restrictive environment that cuts out all of the environmental factors that we have on the outside. There's no access to alcohol, drugs, cigarettes. Um, stress for me was a, was a massive one. Financial stress, business stress. 
I was in business for myself um, under significant financial stress from a very young, well, we'll call it a young age, you know, 25, 26. Not that I'm 60, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm nearly 40 and I was in that high pressure environment financially for 10 years. And you can get in, you, obviously, things like, you know, drugs and alcohol, which I was involved with sporadically during my my work life what they like to call a functioning drug addict or something like that but it's it's more social i think is the right right word and in prison you basically you don't have that environmental um how you say distraction with that can pull you left or right and you want i think not that i don't think everybody is is going down that path but I think me personally is the change is there because you want to come out the best possible version of yourself and if you can't do it in prison I don't think there's anywhere else you can do it because there's nothing that can really stop you from like you have to you have to somehow manage your time and when you've got all the time in the world which is all you've got in prison if you can't get the best out of yourself here I just don't see how you can do it with people pulling you left and right when you're out. So that's yeah, yeah that's that's how I would, I think I you would said, uh, yeah explain that. You said it perfectly. I think I couldn't really disagree with any of that. Um, got passions and stuff that I have like uh, art, and I've never really learned how to draw. But in prison, I thought I'd just try and you know surprise myself and painting and i've sent artwork out all that and i've never done that i've never ever done that on the outside i but i picked up a paintbrush in prison and you know that i guess that's like time you have the time to do it i think it's kind of taken me back a little bit like i guess i was so caught up in the busyness of the outside world like you know like you said work financial stress um other people's uh, expectations of you and all like your own expectations of you like unrealistic expectations um, but then coming back and having all that stripped from you and all you've got is time and yourself like when that when you ha- when that door shuts at night it's just you and your, yourself like you've got to really like who you are <laughs> and so then you start really going okay what is it that I'm about or like you know and so yeah there's no distractions there's no phone there's no internet there's just your basic needs are met so you you're not freaking out about accommodation you're not thinking that freaking out about food yeah the food could be better and there could be more of it but they're met and i think that's what makes it really easy to start going okay well what am i focusing on well it's me because it's me i have to live with in this in this cell basically and so you start noticing things that you you care about and and you've again you've got all the time in the world to work on that and, and things from little as handwriting all the way to big as like being assertive. I'm quite a passive person and not very confident. So to, you know, to I've made that change. I've worked on assertiveness. I've done classes on, on communication in here and I continue to, to practice it. I go back on my workbooks and reread them and, and go, oh yeah, I think I understand it. And then, you know, a week later I'll be like, oh, I totally didn't. So. 
It's a little, little nice announcement from our advertisers. <laughs> um, uh, as, we, as we wind this down, because obviously we've got to be uh, mindful that you've got to go for count and uh, we don't want to get in trouble so we can uh, continue our podcast and they don't shut us down. Um, I'd like to... Um, like what you do is, is, is incredible, um, I, I think. It's really, it's really honourable. It's just it's something that, you know, if you don't know about being in prison, that it actually exists. And, and, but then you can just hear from your passion and what you speak about, about it, the importance of it as well, you know. Um, I'll finish, before we wrap it up, I'll finish with a question that we ask um, everyone who comes onto the podcast. Um, and it's just, a, we get so many just so interesting, diverse answers on it as well. Um, but it's really about like where you're aspir- where you were as a as, as a kid and and, uh, and not exactly where you are now, but what your mindset was like then, you know. Um, so I'll start with you, Steve. Like, so when you were younger, what did you want to be when you grew up? Um, I think from early 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 ages, I I actually always wanted to be involved in in medicine. Um, not I think I know I, my family my family background is in medicine. My, my parents are involved in, in, in the medical field and I've, I felt like um, that was something for me, just from the environment. Um, that and a combination, I actually had a, uh, a reasonably successful junior football soccer career um, and I wanted to pursue that and evidently both of those failed. So, um, but those are the two things I was really interested in, sport, be it soccer, education be it some form of medicine i wanted to be either a chiropractor or something like an osteo or something like that um and that led me you know through school i ended up doing a an incomplete science degree and um i think got, a few people have them yeah what are they for um <laughs> yeah, I think my wife so might have why, why did i do that yeah so and that led me to my to my corporate corporate job actually that I ended up being involved in, in the medical game, but those those are the things, as just as a business operator. But um, those those are the two things that I, I was really interested in. Yeah, uh, and myself wanting to be a pilot. I wanted to be a pilot when I was a kid. Uh, lived on a farm, and neighbours had planes. They had a hangar, and um, I'd always go with mum to go check out the plane so I was always want to be a pilot but then that all kind of changed and I wanted to be I, I, it changed from one one line that my si- my older sister said to me is like oh you need to be smart to be a pilot and so <laughs> I was like oh well, I'm not smart so I just never I just never went for it and this I was in grade five Right. You dismissed yourself from the job straight away. You from that one, I still think about that to this day, from that yeah. one line that my sister said, oh, you need to be smart to do that. I think she was like trying to encourage me to study, but it just made me go the opposite way. Yeah. <laughs> Such a sister thing. To yeah, say. they'll be listening. Yeah. And listening. <laughs> hey, um, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, speaking, we could speak for so long because uh, so much more longer because you, you've just given us some great insights as well. And I just want to probably finish by just saying like, um, just probably saying a big thank you to both is for what you do no you know i'm yeah, sure that a lot of people really appreciate it and i'm sure that some 
you know, I mightn't say it, but I, I would know that they really see you guys as, as people that are, you know, being very selfless and uh, and doing things for them and helping them to get through their time in here. So don't, I wouldn't underestimate for a second what you're doing. And, and it's uh, it's amazing what you're doing. And I look forward to kind of, you know, I suppose over the journey, we'll see you around and probably maybe chat to you again. But, uh, but yeah, amazing work that you do. Thanks for sharing it as well. No problem. Uh, thanks for having us. Thanks, Thanks, thanks guys. What a great conversation. Uh, two really different perspectives. You've got Dave, who's quite young, uh, first offender. And then you've got Steve, who's who's a little bit older, uh, coming from a professional background. And you, can, you can hear that confidence in his voice. Yeah, and interesting, both first offenders. Yeah, both. And both stepping offenders. into a, a position of helping others in the peer. So you can see that they have seen what's helped them and they want to transfer that to others, which is which is which is great. I found it really interesting. I think you're right. Just the the, the difference of where they are, like in in their lives, you know, age wise, is also experience of you know maturity and all that as well. But they both give such an amazing insight as well. But we also have someone else. We also have Max, who we're going to hear from now in, in, next. And and uh, again, he gives a real great insight as well. They have, what you can tell from one of these interviews, they have similarities in kind of their approach and the need, but it's just really uh, interesting to hear how they kind of go about it and how they use what's in them as a person mm. to, to, to give to others. It's like, it's real leadership. Yeah. And it? the common theme with all three of them is just be yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Just be yourself. Stop trying to be someone that you're not Yeah. because everyone can see through it and you can really tell that all three of them are being themselves. Absolutely. And that's probably why they have such an impact on others as well. So I reckon we should uh, let the listeners have a, have a listen to, to what Max has to say because it's a, it's a really great listen. Here he is. You ask me the questions and I'll talk. Yes. Okay. Oh, good. Let's, Let's see how it. we travel. <laughs> Max. Hello, Mark. That's right. Nice to meet you, mate. Yeah, you too. Look at us. Couple of M. Triple M right here. Triple M. Triple M. Radio MM at Ravenhall Correctional Centre. <laughs> Let's go. So, Max, what do you do here for a job at Ravenhall? What do I do at Ravenhall? Well, I'm a head billet in one of the sentenced communities, mm-hmm. which is Community One. Yep. The unit I work in is called Escot. It's a sentenced unit. So my job consists of looking after the maintenance of the unit, the dispensing of the food, making sure everyone gets fed, no one gets misses out with their food, mm-hmm. their sugar rations. Um, if people come in and are the fresh, um, someone like myself that's been in for a few years now, I help them sort of settle in and they're a bit nervous and a bit unsettled in unfamiliar territory. The the heads are a bit different. I just yeah. said to them, no, everything's okay. Yeah. We're all in the same boat. Um, so in the movie Shawshank Redemption, the Morgan Freeman yes. of Ravenhall. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yes. The Morgan Freeman. I like that description. I like that description. 
So I'm the go-to man in Community One in that regard. If you need to set up your computer or your TV for a password, yep. to let you know where the library is, where the gym is. If you want to know anything about fitness, I'm the fitness freak around the place. You can tell. Yeah. 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 Thank you for the compliment. No, it... Thank you. I turned 51 in June. I reckon I'm the 50s. Healthiest fifty-year-old man they've come across. Really? Yeah. Yes. Well, I can surprised. see. I can see that, mate. You're you're looking very good. Thank you once no, again. No. Um, tell us the importance then. What you see is the importance of your role um, in helping people, like as you say, settle in or you know find their feet. I suppose when they're when they're kind of fresh in the door as well. Jail can be a very challenging place for some. It can be very traumatizing for some can be very scary for some, it can be beneficial for some, and it can be a negative for some. I try to tell everyone, try to get the most out of prison. No matter how bad your situation is, your situation's not as bad as mine. So when you're feeling down, think of me, and you know your situation's not too bad. So it eases the pain a bit, because some consciously you always feel a bit better when someone else's dilemma's a bit worse than yours. So I try to approach every day in a positive way and I try to let everyone be the same. Um, I try to t let everyone stay active, do something productive with your time, with yourself. Try to, you know, do something good. Don't sit around drinking coffee and getting caught up in all the negative of the place. It's all negativity around the place and it's easy to get caught up in. You know, it doesn't end well. Bottom line is it doesn't end well. Approach your day differently every day, day by day. Just approach it in a good way and things will work out for you. You, you, you instantly strike me as a person, just from talking to you, that's got that positivity. You can see that in you, yeah? You, you, you've got a confidence, you've got a positivity and everything about yourself. Do, some, do you have someone that you can lean on to when, it's, when it's not having, you're not having a good day? Good question, my friend. Um, my family. My family are the people I, I uh, share all my feelings and emotions and my challenges with, and they're very supportive in every aspect, but in the same time, I don't want to be a burden upon them. Um, so I try to deal, talk to the clinicians. There's a lot of clinicians on, in the premises. It's one of the only prisons in the state that has a lot of clinicians. So I try to talk to them when I need to. Um, but I try to develop and sort of grow as a person within myself. Yeah. Yeah, it's really it's a good answer. It's really interesting when we say that about your family, you know, and, and not being a burden to your family, you know. Um, do, do you think that they'd say that? Like, would they, would, would they, they wouldn't say that to you? Like, do you just feel that maybe? Or is it just something over time because you just kind of feel like you're not punishing yourself, but you feel like you've done wrong, so you don't want to cause any more than you've already caused? You're exactly right in saying that, you know that. I, 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 I don't want to cause any more pain or hardship. And it, if you love someone, you don't... Because this is not a normal world we're in. It's, it's a superficial world, there's a lot of negativity. I try not to let them know too much about what happens in here. Um, they sense it, they know me best. But I... Let them know bits and pieces, but not too much. Yeah. And time in here is obviously something that, you know, can, can wear, you, wear you down a little bit, I'd imagine. Not just, you know, there's a lot of negatives and positive, well, not positive, but negatives about prison, yeah, and time being one of them, I suppose. 
And how does what you do help you? And does it greatly help you to be the person you are and help the people you're helping and, and having the job that you have in here? Is that, is that really important to you? It makes me good. It makes me feel good helping others. It help. It makes me feel good helping the vulnerable. There's a lot of vulnerable people around. Um, it can be self-satisfying in some aspect, yes. But in one aspect, it can be challenging too, because a lot of people focus on a lot of meaningless, petty stuff in here. Expect a lot in here. They lose sense of reality of where they are. Um, and sometimes when I see that and I go and talk to them, I say to them, just remember where you are. It's not a holiday camp. It is prison at the end of the day. So don't expect too much. Try to be independent. Try to look after yourself. Don't rely on too much on others. Yeah. Mm. So when you've got young people or even, even normal, you know, uh, older people coming in here, uh, what would be one of the, I guess, most common mistakes that they make in their first, in their first week? They want to um, impress just be yourself. Just be your happy-go-lucky self and go about your day. So you tend to trust people here. You want to impress to say, oh, I'm cool too, to fit in. But it's not about fitting in. People have more respect for you if you're sort of quiet and have a bit of self-respect. But people want to jump around and make noise and, you know, it's, it doesn't end well. It doesn't end well. Yeah. And um, going back to what you said, first of all, about the job that you have with, um, um, with the food. Yeah. yeah. Say food's pretty important to people in here, yeah? Oh, it's huge. Yeah, you've got a big responsibility handing out that huge. food. Huge. How hard is it to keep the portion levels strictly to everyone each? Yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of people that are looking for that extra portion of it. Oh, and you get a lot of funny looks too, like, <laughs> yeah, this, this fight, over, this have a fight if you don't give an extra portion. Yeah. Yeah, it happens. It happens. It can, it does happen. It will always happen. I think just keeping everything nice and calm and saying, hey, once everyone's fed, by all means, I'll give you as much as you want. But till then, this is what you get. Yeah, like it. And um, is your day, like, um, like, how does that, what time do you start at? What time do you kind of finish at in your kind of duties and your role? I'm very structured in my my day, mate. I start off with a five-kilometre run. Then I'll come in and I'll do some sit-ups. I'll do some stretches, I'll do some push-ups, I'll do a body part, I'll weigh the body part, then I'll uh, get the uh, unit tidy and clean, and if some people need some help in doing a referral to see a cl- the nurse or a course, I help them on the computer. Um, some people need, inter- I did some interpreting the other day. Did you? You could help me person. maybe, could you help me more, in- interpret me? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So my days are a bit all over the place, but it keeps me busy. And it, I think it's important in jail to stay busy and sort of doing something during your day. Yeah. So I try to keep busy, mate, yeah, and the best I can. That's good. So with this role, were you, I know you were, did you have to put your hand up for it? Or did they come to you and, and see that you're a good fit for it? They came to me. Um, Oh, I, I did this role in other prisons prior to coming here. Okay. Um, I think the officers here are pretty experienced. They can pretty much judge a person's character and the way he holds himself and 
um, if he's suited for a certain position. But there's a lot of bullies in prison. Mm-hmm. Um, so they tend to sort of look at people, oh, will he get bullied if we give him this role? So, yeah. Mm. Um, I'm just grateful I know how to talk to people. Mm. Yeah. I think that would be the single most useful skill in, uh, in your position, being yes. able to communicate properly. Yes. Listen and talk. Huh? Yes. But it always doesn't end that lot like that, does it? No. Fortunately, it's prison. And that's, that's a really good point that you make because we're, this is what our listeners, this is what this podcast is about, is giving that other side. Because, like, you know, listen to you, you sound, you make it, you know, you can tell that you, you would be great in what you do and you sound like, you, you know, you're really controlled about it. But you're doing it in an uncontrollable environment sometimes. Yes. And that's fascinating little part to it as well. Like, you know, you can be as calm and everything, you can control everything you can control, but you're working in a... Um, in a very unsta- sometimes unstable environment. It can be unstable. If something triggers something in one part of the day for one person, it can then have a knock-on effect, um, I'd imagine, within your unit. I agree with you. Not only is it an unstable environment, there is a lot of unstable individuals that are very highly medicated. So what you expect in a response or a reaction, you mightn't get because you tend to forget that these individuals are coming down from ice, they got on medication, they're in a psychosis, they've got psychotic issues. So you don't know what response you're going to get. So you sort of just got to be a bit careful. Yeah. So if you don't mind me asking, Max, you said you've been in a couple of different prisons as well. Like how long have you spent, how long have you spent in prison? Um, coming up to eight years now. Coming up to eight years. And how long left? Uh, two. Two, okay. Yeah. yeah. And you've moved around a couple of different prisons? Yeah, I actually come, I've been interstate too. Okay. I put in for an interstate transfer. I was in New South Wales prior to coming here. Okay. Yeah. So you've seen a really, you've seen, a, a, you know, different state prisons. You've seen, you know, different prisons in general as well. So did you always have um, similar, did you have kind of similar kind of roles within them other prisons or is this really just, um, you know, where it happened in Ravenhall? No, I've always had pretty similar roles. Yeah. Um... Sort of like a peer listener. Yeah. Someone's come to you for not so much advice, just, you know, just an ear to listen to and, you know, or you need a handwriting, a letter or something, or just a reminder of what's important in life, you know. Don't get too consumed in jail. Focus on the outside, focus on yourself. And I'm sure there's so many uh, people in here that, you know, need that support. Might be a little bit afraid to ask for that support. Um, and it's really uh, great that there's people like yourself and other people in here that actually can see that and, and help them with that as well. So, now it's really great. It's, 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 it's great what you do. And I think it's so, um, it's so honorable that you, you, know, you spend your time helping others because obviously you can focus and you need to focus on yourself sometimes as well. But you're given a lot of what you do to other people as well. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, I really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's really refreshing as well. It's re- refreshing to hear. Uh, I mean, I've been in prisons now for six years and Mick, you've probably been in... Yeah, a bit longer, yeah. Bit Walking through them for the last, yeah, youth detention. So, yeah, like 14 years on and off. Nice. Yeah. And I think um, it's really good to hear uh, the, the camaraderie uh, in a positive way. 
you know, because I feel that sometimes it is like a big football team coming in here and then it's one of those, you have to manage all the different personalities. Um, and it's really nice to hear that you're talking about, you know, helping out, uh, you know, in, in whether it be, yeah, helping write a letter or uh, interpreting as well, you know. It can be um, challenging though, Mark, in saying all that. But at the same time, it's an eye-opener. It's understanding human behaviour and just characters and way people are and how they, you know, think and deal with situations. When I came to prison, I was charged with a serious crime. Um, I was vulnerable once upon a time. Someone came and spoke to me and comforted me. And that impact, that impression that guy put on me, for hopefully when I get on my feet and my problems dealt with i hope i can help others and i've taken that approach hopefully the help that you're giving them will allow them in the future to help the next person that needs that help hopefully mate hopefully yeah yeah you can't always change everyone but if you can change one person that can then change someone else's then i think you've 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 done a good job yeah totally agree if you have an impression on one person every three months it's it's a good you've done good i believe you keep learning yourself you keep learning? I do, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It's all about learning and growing as a person for me, mate. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a real go-getter, as they say. Yeah. I'll never stop, mate. No matter how bad my situation is, I'll never give up. Yeah. yeah. It is what it is, as they say. You know, it's no, no good dwelling on your, your situation. Just make best of it. Yeah. That's yeah. what I try to tell a lot of people. So, you're saying... Two, in two years' time, potentially uh, get out of here? God willing, mate. Yeah? Yeah. Have you got much plans? Oh, mate, I've got plans. Have I got plans? <laughs> but until it gets closer and I can actually put these plans into action, yeah. um, there's a lot of things we all want, mate, but mm. whether it happens or not, we, I hope it works out. Um, but it'll be a simple plan. Mm. Yeah. Do you not try and think about, like, I, I find that really interesting what you said there, like, do you, do you not want to think too far ahead? Like, you kind of have an idea of some stuff you want to do, but do you don't try and keep it, like, just keep a lid on it, you know, because it might distract from what you're actually having to concentrate right now. It's think- interesting you say that, mate. You know what? At once, at a good portion of my sentence, five or six years, I never used to think about the outside. My world was just inside yeah as and they say as you get closer it gets easier for me it's not because now i'm starting to think about things right in a, in, in every as every day i think about going home now yeah. even though i'm two years out but i'm realistic in my thoughts and i try to keep a lid on it like you said i know it's still far away but i'm as you might say anxious you know what i mean i mm. want the best i want to get on my feet i want to find my feet i want a bit of structure and happiness and you know, a normality back in my life. I hope you get it. And you know what? It's been, um, in the brief time we've spoken to you today, it's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah. Like, yeah, absolutely. It's just, uh, you're very insightful. Like, obviously, meeting someone like yourself is doing some great work in here as well, you know. Um, I want to thank you for your time. Thank you for your honesty and thank you for what you're doing. Mate, it's been a pleasure talking to you guys. Thanks, eh? Absolutely. Yeah, well, on you guys. Thanks, man. Uh, thanks. Appreciate it. No worries. Anytime. If anything in today's episode has raised any issues for you or someone you know, head over to our website for a full list of services that may help at ymcarebuild.org.au under the podcast tab.
This podcast was produced by Mick Cronin and Mark Wilson. Editing done by Mark Wilson.